Yo, you're listening to the Horror Returns. This is Macho Muller, Sickhead from 31. Um, let's see. Hola, puto, como estas? Aquí estoy, mierda. Maricón, te voy a matar. Delight and dread. Who fantasize about fear. Who glorify gore. Welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers in the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. This is the podcast that proves the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new movie, usually horror. In this case, sorta. We're kind of getting back to horror, it looks like, finally, after all these summer blockbusters. Uh, and then we go back and find a classic work, and we're looking at similarities as well as differences. We do include spoilers for the new film. However, we're going to, for the most part, wait until the very end of the show to spoil the new feature. Maybe a little hard on this one particularly not to spoil it a bit. And if you haven't read the books, uh, you might get spoiled a little, so just fair warning. Um, but we'll let you know before we get into the big spoilers with an alert. And if you don't want to hear it, uh, just turn us off at that point. And uh, after you see the movie, you can pick it up again, and you won't miss a thing. Obviously, we assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so we're always going to have spoilers when we discuss anything that has been out for at least a year. The other thing we may do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is uh, usually a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated. And uh, you guys can pretty much expect us to be, too. Uh, I'm Lance, and with me, as always, is my co-host Brian. Philip uh, sadly couldn't make it tonight to, to tonight's recording, uh, but that's okay because joining us tonight is a uh, guy we've had on before. I think for the uh, Blair, Witch uh, Blair Witch saga, is that correct, Jay? That is correct, yes, sir. All right. So once again, we have Jay uh, Jay Black in the house. What's uh, what's been up with you, brother? Uh, same old, same old, you know, a lot of work and, uh, just working, working every day and putting in a lot of hours coming home and just kind of doing the same old routine day after day. Pretty boring. Brian, you got anything more exciting to talk about? (laughs) More exciting than that? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're all, we're all in the same boat. My, my wife's been out of town for a week, so I've definitely caught up on a lot of I have a big sample size from which to draw my cool of the week. And speaking of cool of the week, Jay, as you know, how we start the show, man, you want to go first? Wednesday. Went out Wednesday night and I saw the movie Dunkirk. And ah. that is my absolute, absolute uh, cool of the week. Um, and it's probably it, it's, it's a contender for a best movie of the year so far for me. I had a really great time with Dunkirk. It was it was a, it was an amazing movie, a very amazing movie. Um, uh, I don't want to go too much into spoilers or anything like that, but I got to tell you, uh, there's a lot of flack on the movie, or the most flack that the movie is getting. It doesn't really focus on 
you know characters per se doesn't dig into um you know the, the characters that it's fo- it's following and for the mo- for most movies I probably would agree with that and but for this one I mean I was fine with it it, it was just kind of following you know what is happening in that event and you know just and the characters that you're kind of you're kind of following are you know they're reacting and they're trying to survive in the in there with that so you're kind of step for st- the the viewers kind of step for step with those characters so you don't really need to dig into their past and who they are and what even sometimes you don't even get people's names mm-hmm. but it it's you know i don't think i've seen a a nolan movie that i have not liked or loved and did not disappoint at all yeah i think that was somebody's cool of the week uh last week wasn't it brian uh, i think it was Fonso. i believe cool so week. I believe so. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a trend. What, uh, what, what about you, Brian? Uh, I'm gonna have to go Game of Thrones again. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't listened. I'm just gonna say I, I just loved uh, Lady Tyrell's little mic drop moment oh. at the end of the episode. Gotta see that. I, I'm, a, I'm a week behind right now. I'm waiting for the oh. to get back so we can watch it together, but. All right. All right. That's, I, I, we, we can't say that. no. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> we can't say anything more about it. Land, you need to get on that right away. Yeah, kind of. I kind of caught one little scene where it looks like uh, Cersei and Jamie aren't trying too hard to cover up their little incestuous uh, 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 antics too much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the cat's out of the bag, and they're okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the big one, Brian. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got really time for this week. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I could go, I could take the easy route and just say, you know, my rewatch of Clockwork Orange was mm-hmm. coolest of the week, which of course it was probably the best film that I've seen all week. But I did a show with uh, Kevin over on MacNez, and we I think he, I think he's already got it up. So we've uh, we just kind of went through about an hour and a half discussion of Kubrick and. Clockwork Orange, but I would say my cool of the week is a movie that's new to Netflix. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, have you guys seen The Devil's Candy? Um, it's it's um it's pretty good. It's probably I don't know if it's going to be in my top five or it might be. If I'm mean, I don't know if we push it to a top ten list, it might it might squeak in there. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, uh, especially uh, what is the actor's name? Um, Ethan Embry. No, the one that was the basically the killer, oh, uh, Pruitt yeah. Taylor Vince. Okay, yeah, he was he was pretty he was pretty creepy in the movie, right? And I really enjoyed the um the the actress who played the daughter. Yeah, very. I thought convincing. she was really good in yeah really good in the movie. Hmm. Um. You heard anything about this, Jay? No, no, nothing. Man, I I highly recommend it. It's not it's not even really that long. I think it's about eighty minutes. And uh, if you've got Netflix, it's it, it's you know you've, you're already paying for it anyway. Um, it's directed by Sean Byrne. I think he's an Australian. He's either an Australia Australian or New Zealand director. But the only other thing I've ever seen him direct uh, was another one that was on Netflix called The Loved Ones. Uh, Brian, I think we've talked about that one before, right? Yeah, that, that's that's a good one too. It's where they uh, the the chick uh, he, she's kind of lives a cloistered life by her parents, and she really wants to go to the prom with this one guy. So they basically kidnap him and 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 force him to have a prom at home, which 
becomes very <laughs> bloody and violent. <laughs> it's just a really bizarre, trippy, trippy movie. It's uh, highly recommended, but uh, yeah, Devil's Candy, it, it may end up on my top five, man. I mean, I oh, really wow. enjoyed it, and I, I watched a lot of horror movies this week, so it had some <laughs> stiff competition. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It's got that Pruitt, Taylor Vince. That's I like that guy. That's I like everything he's done. He he, he usually plays those weird, just strange characters, and he does it so well. You right. Know? He's got those. He's got those. Uh, those eyes. Those that, uh, eyes. Kind of that, yeah, yeah, and it, it's he kind of. He's really good. I, I noticed on a, some, some of his movies, and what was one of I saw that he was really good in was the John Cusack when they were all stuck in the hotel. You guys oh, remember uh, that? It was raining. Identity. Identity. Identity, yeah. And just the way when he's – I just remember when they were kind of – when he was being interviewed and he was talking and the way he just wouldn't look at people in the eyes. And he, yeah, like you said, he has that eye twitch. He's just kind of looking up, kind of looking down and all around. I just I, – I mean he does that – he plays that creepy – character so well in everything he does so yeah this is definitely going to be on my list to watch yeah highly highly recommended highly recommended so uh brian we got any news this week any headlines ian mcshane's uh just got casted in the new hellboy reboot he is going to be playing professor broom who was previously played by john hurt in the previous two movies okay. oh wow so um I'm I'm pretty high on this on this reboot. I'm not, I'm everything I'm hearing I'm not mad at. So um, hopefully I think they're going to be shooting if that already started. So we'll probably get this movie sometime. I would say mid 2018. Gotcha. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, who's Hellboy? Do you know? Do you remember? I remember um, you guys had mentioned before, and I it's just it's uh, David. Brain. David Harbor, if I'm saying his name right, he that's was the sheriff and right. uh he was the sheriff in uh Stranger Things. Stranger that's right, that's right. Yeah, I mean you're gonna put enough uh makeup and stuff on him, so yeah. I mean I can I, I got no problem with that, honestly. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going the uh rated R route with this one. Oh, okay. So um That's good. Yeah, like I said, everything I'm hearing I'm I'm pretty cool with so far uh let's see uh amc announced a whole bunch of shows coming out uh the first one um is going to be developed by um the actor uh, comedic actor rain wilson <laughs> he's uh yeah he's do- uh, going to be doing a sci-fi series and he's going to executive produce and star in and oh. as of now it is untitled mm. for some reason i just can't get on board with that guy i don't I don't mm. think he's that. F- I don't like him. I really don't. Right? You, yeah, he, he's he's hit or miss with me. Yeah. You you, uh, you didn't even like him in uh, when when he t- when he was made into the fish boy in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him in anything. Okay. I think it all started. You know what? And and maybe it's not fair to this guy, but it all started with Transformers Two. He was like the professor Ooh, or something. Yeah. It just oh, that'll, I don't know. That'll do what, it. That was one of the worst parts of the movie was just the way he was acting and just – I don't know why. I don't know why it rubbed me the wrong way. I can't really explain it, but well, ever since then, I've never seen The Office, So, and mm-hmm. I, and that's probably a part of it. It's like, I don't want to watch that guy, and I think that's kind of a part that's kept me away, but I don't know. I just don't like that guy. 
speaking of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, his co-star in that one, Chris Hardwick, is also getting a new AMC series <laughs> called <laughs> called Underbelly, and Underbelly will explore the dark side of horror fandom. Wow, is this uh, so? This is more of like a documentary. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, um, hmm. I know he's got he's got his thing going on with the Talking Dead and all that. So, mm-hmm. it, no surprise they they gave him another show. Is he is he like a new Ryan Seacrest where he just does everything for AMC? <laughs> and- sounds that way. <laughs> he seems, and I know I know he does a lot of a lot of hosting stuff for like Comic Con yeah, and I'm like sure. other things. Hey man, the but, dude the dude lives the life we all wish we lived. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no complaints. I mean, actually, like, I mean, like, like, like when he does, you know, all his talking shows and all that stuff. So yeah, I've never had an issue mm-hmm. with him. So I mean, it's good he's getting all those jobs and all that. I mean, it's you know, if it's somebody that you can watch and you know you can be entertained by, then you know, all for it. Lucky bastard. No shit. <laughs> okay, another. AMC show, but this time with Blumhouse. They are going to be mm. teaming for a horror anthology series called Wicked West, and it will tell true Wild West horror tales. Oh, no! Come on! We don't need that shit. Are you serious? Yep. All Wild West horror anthology? Come on, AMC. What are you thinking? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe Roland DeShane can show up or something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, let's see. Uh, AMC's not done there. Um, they are also <laughs> going to be teaming up with Greg Nicotero, who is developing a sci-fi horror, another horror anthology oh. series called Shock Theater, and this okay. will be a throwback to sci-fi horror B movie classics. All right, that that I'm most excited about for sure. What about you, Jay? Sounds interesting. Yeah, out of everything you mentioned, that that definitely excites me the most. Yeah, I mean, I, the actually, you know what? I love westerns. The horror Wild West has me intrigued, but I, I just have right. a strange feeling it's going to be uh, over the top with how do I put this? Um, with I want to say future elements, but one thing I, I don't like is when you have a period piece and they have you know just settings or whatever or incidents that are in there that that aren't. You know, for the time, you know, probably dialogue or if they have, you know, certain weapons or things like that. And I, I got a strange feeling that this is this is going to touch on, in on that, that they're going to pull in sure. stuff that really wouldn't happen in the Wild West or wouldn't happen in the 1800s. So that's I mean, I, right. again, I like I want to see the West, but it's yeah, I'm going to roll my eyes at this one for right now. My, my thought, my thoughts. Exactly, man. And we're going to finish off AMC's. um upcoming new schedule with uh, their last show they're planning with Eli Roth and this one is going to be called AMC Visionaries Eli Roth's History of Horror and it will be a six part look at the genre so more like a docu-series hmm. yeah and only six episodes that's not bad that may be worth watching so is AMC or is this basically telling us that they've decided to go all horror and sci-fi pretty much moving forward um, I would say because um, I th- think they're planning, uh, along with the Eli Roth uh, AMC Visionary series, um, they are talking about doing a James Cameron story of science fiction and a Robert mm-hmm. Kirkman, The Secret History of Comics. So oh, I think okay. that's the route AMC is going. 
Interesting. Yeah, I can get on board with that. You know, I, some people may have a problem with Eli Roth, but one thing you can't really dispute is he is a definitely a fan of the you know horror genre. So whether you don't, don't like what he makes and what he writes, but at least you can appreciate that he pretty much likes what everybody else does. So, I mean, he's just as big as a fan as everybody. So with him being part of a, of a documentary and just talking and discussing about everything, shit, yeah, I can be on board with that real quick. Uh, yeah, really quick, um, Lance, I heard your uh, podcast you did with Kevin and you guys brought up uh, Death Wish. Oh, yeah, yeah. The new one with uh, uh, Bruce e- Willis, right? Yeah, Eli Roth directing. Sure. Did you guys, by any chance, watch the trailer? I saw bits and pieces of it. Jay, did you check it out? I did not. Now, this is a remake of the original Death Wish? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think we're going to talk about it more next next episode. So, um, okay. yeah, uh, to, to answer Kevin's question, I think we will be putting it on the schedule. Because <laughs> what I've seen in the trailer, um, we're going to have to discuss the, the differences between that and the original. Cause, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if I'm feeling Bruce Willis is uh, in this Charles Bronson role. So, hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Definitely a a, a revisit or a reimagining of Death Wish, then for sure, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Um, as far as news, um, that's pretty much it right there. Uh, very slow news week. All right. Well, that's cool. You know, the week after Comic Con, I guess there has to be sort of a letdown week. You know. Yeah. Um, but the good news is we ain't done yet, boys, because, uh, Jay, as you know, it's time to take that little trip down now to the trailer park. Brian, what's our first new trailer to talk about this week? Okay, the first one we're going to talk about is a new Netflix movie called What Happened to Monday, starring Numi Rapace, Willem Dafoe, mm. and Glenn Close. Great cast. Yeah, um... I'm I'm interested. I, I like these kind of futuristic movies that you know kind of shows you. I don't I don't I don't know how to put it actually. Um, where the society's changed, and um, I'm really sure. try, interested to see what why they're doing this with the with the children and the, the whole population thing. And right, right, it's got me intrigued. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, it, it had kind of an orphan black yes, vi- vibe to it. Feel. I get yeah. the same feel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, cause you have the same, well, it's not the same, it's the, you know, like multiple clones and multiple versions of the same, of the same person. Now they're all right. together and this one, orphan black, they're out finding each other. But yeah, that's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. I got very orphan blackish uh, vibe to it. So, and I never finished orphan black, but I, you know, I didn't not like it. You know, I just stopped watching it for whatever reason, never went back to it, but um, I always meant to go back and finish it. So yeah, this, this definitely has me intrigued. This, Yeah. Well, we all, we all uh, agreed. I think that in, uh, in, in the movie that we, that we reviewed earlier, uh, in the year that she was in, that Numi Rapace is definitely can play a badass, right, Brian? Yeah, uh, she she looks like uh, there's some scenes where she looks like a badass in this, and there's mm-hmm. a, a couple little comedic things in there. I like I like the scene oh, yeah. where she was told to jump through the window into the dumpster because it was full of <laughs> trash and there was nothing in it. I like that little scene right there. So um, 
I'm definitely going to check this out. Um, this got a uh, let's see, a release date of August 18th, and that's uh, coming straight to Netflix. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll be there for sure. It look it looks good. It looks very intriguing. Okay, we are going to stay on Netflix because our next trailer we're going to talk about is for a new series called Mindhunter, starring Jonathan Groff, Holly McCanny, McCanny, if I'm probably saying his name wrong, uh, Anna Trav, and this um, it's going to have uh, three episodes directed by David Fincher. Hmm. That had me hooked right away. Just right. that alone had me intrigued. Yep. Yeah, well, he had a runaway hit with uh, House of Cards, and he's the one who created that first created that show. So, I would imagine it'll be worth worth watching. I usually am not not big on these quote unquote police procedurals, but this looks like it might have a little little bit extra to it, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Um, I just started this the the show. I, I can't remember what station it is. I don't know if it's like see. It might be. Um, uh, identity channel, whatever. It's about the Unabomber. So, you know, ah. it's about, it's about, you know, the FBI guys, you know, the psychology guys who go in and they try to figure out, you know, what the mindset of a killer, that's how you got to try to capture the Unabomber. And that was kind of what it was. And this just, it, that's basically kind of what this is. It's these guys, they're interviewing, they're talking to, you know, actual serial killers so they can play play the game on basically their level and I guess try to stop future ones or, and I couldn't really tell if they were trying to, uh, you know, create the method where they can stop future serial killers or if they're looking for one or two and they're also talking to, you know, other ones to try to get, you know, a mindset of what's going on, how, how they think so they can go get the other guys. So kind of like a silence of the lamb sort of, you know, mm-hmm. type sure. thing, you know? So, yeah. And so I heard Fincher was on board, watched the trailer. I was like, yeah, man, this is, this is, I'm down for this because this is going to be a psychological um, type of series more than just, you know, like police procedures and, and this, and it's no, it's like, no, it's no law and order or whatever those things are like that. But mm-hmm. I think this is going to, I, this looks really good. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, you pretty, you pretty pumped up for it, Brian. Yeah. And my wife is also into these, uh, as, as you put it, like police procedural type shows. Right. So um, this is uh, this will probably be a day one binge. Cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, series uh, debuts on Netflix October 13th. Oh, good timing. Good timing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, think yeah. that's a, I think that's a Friday the 13th, too, isn't it? Uh, it uh, I think so. 13th of Friday the 13th this year. I was thinking it was for some reason. Like there's going to be a lot to celebrate this October, you know? Yes, it is. And you are correct, sir. That is right. Uh, Good timing. Smart, smart marketing. You got to, you got to give it to Netflix. These guys know how to market. Guys and gals definitely know how to market their product. Yes. And uh, let's see. Our final trailer we're going to talk about is Ghost House starring Scout Taylor Compton, James Landry Hebert. Mark Boone Jr. and Russell Jeffrey Banks. And a little spoiler alert for our listeners. We might possibly have one of these cast members on the show here. Just trying to lock down a time. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I don't want to spoil it. But uh, there's another film that he's got coming up that I'm extremely interested in seeing as well. And, yeah, I mean, this this movie looks like a good old-fashioned horror movie that's got, got a little bit of everything in it. Yes, um, I 
am really intrigued. It, you know, for a movie that's uh, it doesn't seem like it's a big budget movie, mm-hmm. but when you watch it, it, it's it looks well made, and there's gonna I, I feel there's gonna be some good scares in it, and um, the one part of the trailer that's really got me interested, I because my wife watched it too, and it got her attention. She doesn't do horror at all. Mm-hmm. But wow, the, this but may the not scene, be the best one for her to jump on. <laughs> but but she wants to watch it because um, yeah, the scene where um, he tells her to grab the little the object the off doll, the thing and take the, it. Yeah, right, she right. was just like, "Why did he do that to her?" And I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. "I don't know." She was like, "I, I got to watch it now. I got to see why why would he do this to her? You know, especially <laughs> right. most likely knowing what was going to happen." So um, it's got her intrigue. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that looks really good. I actually have one of those in my office at work. A ghost house. It's yeah. a little wooden structure. It's a pretty cool looking looking thing. Yeah. It's 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 supposed you know. I don't know if it wards off ghosts or it's. If I remember, it's supposed to work like like a birdhouse. You know. Really? So if the ghosts of ghosts or spirits are supposed to come in here. It, it gives them a place to stay or something like that. And I may have that completely wrong, but I, that's what I remember. I've had that in my office for a good two years now. Oh, it's, okay. it's, so it's, it's a real it's, thing. It's, oh yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah, definitely a real thing. It's it's a pretty cool looking little wooden structure though. I'll I'll take a picture of it when I go to work and I'll send it to you guys. Oh cool. Yeah, post cool. it on the uh, on the horror returns group, man. Yeah, yeah, so we'll we do. Can, so we can all so we can all check it out. So is this a remake of a uh, of an Asian film or anything like that? I kind of get that vibe that it it might have yeah. been a remake. You know, um, it kind of does look that way. I can probably check real quick. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily look like it is. I'm kind of flipping through the credits. It looks like it's all pretty much first-time people. So, Yeah, I know uh, the lead actress, Scout Taylor Compton, she was in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. She was Laurie Strode, right? Yes. The the girl herself. So, yeah, she's got quite quite a horror resume for sure, man. Yeah, I'm not really finding too much if it is a remake or not. But, but I think those ghost house, though. I mean, they're. I mean, that's in the the Asian culture out there. So I would I would be mm-hmm. surprised if that's the only movie. I don't know. If it may not be a remake, but it can't be the first movie that involves right. a ghost house or anything like that. That would make sense. Looks pretty good to me, though. <laughs> that ghost or monster or whatever the fuck she is scared the fuck out of me, man. When she she jumped at her like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this looks like a good movie. Yeah, and it looks like a mixture of um, you know uh, prosthetics and makeup and a little bit of CGI. But you know, when right. her mouth really stretching and CGI, but I, she, sure. I mean, she, she looks really good. She she does. So yeah, I'm mean, I'm excited to see all three of these. That's I think that's cool. a first. That's really yeah. a first. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Ghost House is uh, coming pretty soon, uh, August twenty fifth. Yep. Man, we got to find a way to work it in. Yep. And uh, that is our last trailer. All right. Well, usually Philip does our uh, listener feedback. Uh, Brian, you want to you want to tackle it this time? I believe you posted on the Facebook group. Uh, um, what is the most anticipated uh, movie uh, for the remainder of two thousand seventeen? Hmm. Um, Jay, you said uh, Star Wars above all. 
Above all, yeah. I mean, I don't see how Star Wars cannot be for most folks. I mean, you're gonna, sure. you're finally gonna get the re the real return of Luke Skywalker, just not some you know five second clip with him staring off at some <laughs> girl who has his lightsaber, looking wise. Yes, you're you, you're gonna get some real Luke Skywalker. So yeah, it's definitely off the top of my list. But if we're talking horror genre, it's definitely gonna be it. I mean, this is a Stephen King year, guys. I mean, it's, it's you got it who i know a lot of people really wanted to see redone mm-hmm. correctly dark tower i know which we're going to talk about later is something that i almost everybody that's probably read the dark towers love has been waiting to to get on the screen so Absolutely. this is really a this is a really big uh, stephen king year so yeah that's that's i'm definitely looking forward to it mm-hmm. uh let's see uh mikey trauma trash uh he also said it there you go uh not a movie but also stranger things 2 is uh on his radar that's a good another good uh october release there yep Mm -hmm. uh marcus will turner said that's a toughie but if we're speaking specifically horror (laughs) he gave us a pretty good (laughs) list here for his most anticipated he said jigsaw it leatherface death note Happy Death Day, The Snowman, and The Ritual, which um, I think we're going to be talking about a little bit of The Ritual uh, trailer next week, too. Good, good. Uh, Good friend of the show, Lars, um, also said it. So, um, wow, I think pretty much it is. Yeah, (laughs) uh, that's going to be uh, That's my most anticipated right there is it. Yeah. Uh, Reed Wilson said Jigsaw. Okay. Uh. Another friend of the show, Bede uh, Germain. Is that how you say his last name, Lance? Yeah, or just call him the. I think I think you can call him the Terrible Aussie and get away with it. <laughs> okay, the Terrible <laughs> Aussie. Um, he said, in terms of just horror, he also gave us a list. He said, "It there Mother." Okay, that's mine. Uh, <laughs> mother. Yeah, yeah, I caught the little. Yeah. Um, the little. I guess it was a little. Teaser, yeah, I saw the, the trailer you put up in, fr- in front of Doc. Did you? It was it in front of Dark Tower? Yeah, I have no fucking clue of what's going on that's, in that movie. And that's what I like about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to bring that up. That was a that was an awesome trailer. It was a. I, I, I really like how it was done. Uh, let's see the rest of his list. Uh, he mm-hmm. also has the Snowman, Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. Death Note, Happy Death Day, and Leatherface. Hmm. Uh, Denny Louis says Star Wars: The Last oh, Jedi. What no that? surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justice League Ugh. and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> that is all. Two out of three ain't bad, Denny. Which was uh, which his comment was followed by Eric Bylanok saying replace Justice League with Kingsman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> good, good call. Good call, Eric. <laughs> Patrick Lear said it. Blade Runner and Thor Ragnarok are probably my most anticipated. Yeah, I can't can't go wrong and, there. Yeah, uh, of course. I'd like to thank everybody for um, posting on the Facebook group. Um, everybody's welcome to join. You know, join in on the discussion, and that's the Horror Returns uh, Facebook group. Um, you can always also reach us at. Uh, the horror returns at gmail.com and uh, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole deal.
This is David Yuri, Schizo Head from 31, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. All right, boys. I guess that means it's now time to, to move on to our featured attractions. And, uh, Jay, as you said, it's, Steve, it's Stephen King's year. Well, right now we're going to celebrate Stephen King Week here at The Horror Returns with a look at the, uh, the brand-new, highly, highly anticipated uh, Dark Tower movie as well as 1980's The Shining. So, uh, as always, we'll start with the older movie. Uh, it's a little bit of trivia about The Shining. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick, who our, our listeners would probably most know him for things like A Clockwork Orange and uh, maybe 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, writers were Stanley Kubrick uh, with Diane Johnson, and I couldn't really find anything else she had written, so... I'm not quite sure if that was just sort of something where he mainly wrote it and she helped out or edited or what, but uh, I don't know. If any of you listeners know anything about more about uh, uh, Diane Johnson, for sure let us know. Email us or uh, put it in the group. We're kind of curious about that one. Um, so according to Shelley Duvall, the infamous Here's Johnny scene took three days to film and the use of 60 doors. That's Kubrick for you. Wow. <laughs> there were and so- here's, here's Johnny. That was ad-libbed initially by Jack Nicholson. Is I that heard, correct? I'd heard that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's great, dude. Why, so why would, it, why would it take 60 takes? <laughs> yeah, unless on the very last one, they said, here's Johnny. And there's like, you know what? Right. That was so good. Stop. Yeah, that'll stick. <laughs> Let's just go with that. <laughs> and, now it's a, and now it's one of the most classic lines in horror cinema. Oh, definitely. Um, there, were, there were actually so many changes to the script during shooting that Jack Nicholson says he, he just pretty much just stopped reading it. And uh, he would read only the new pages that were given to him each day as they went on with filming. Wow. Um, and going back to Kubrick, and, and known for his compulsiveness and numerous retakes... He got the difficult shot of blood pouring from the elevators in only three takes. This would be remarkable if it weren't for the fact that that shot took nine days to set up. (laughs) Every time the doors opened and the blood poured out, Kubrick would say it doesn't look like real blood. In the end, this one shot took approximately one year to get right. Wow. <laughs> and he's right, though. It doesn't look like it looks like it looks even like a, now. <laughs> even now it looks like Kool-Aid to me. It's always <laughs> did. It never really looked like blood. It's just too watery. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, but it's an effective it's an effective scene nonetheless. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It um, is. So. Jay, you're our guest, man. You, uh, we, we we always like to give uh, to give our guests first shot. You wanna you wanna yep. get the party started here, man? Let's. Look, I'm gonna get the party in the gold room started, and there then you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Um, Shining, uh, one of my uh, favorite Stephen King books, definitely. Um, I've this was probably one of the first you know scary movies I seen when I was a little kid. I remember watching it on TV quite a bit. Um, it, it's 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 a fantastic movie. It, it still holds up. Um, I do have you know being a fan of the book, I do have issues with it being so different. But you got to take the 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 performances uh, by Jack Nicholson and. 
Shelley Duvall generally gets overshadowed just because Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson. Sure. And I thought she was absolutely fantastic in this movie. You know, I love the fact that she's not very an attractive woman at all. So you have a real a realistic person, a realistic mom, a realistic wife who's dealing with the issues of the complication with her husband and dealing with the complications definitely of her child and all that. So she, I think she really brings that role to it. And, and that's what really enhances that, that movie and kind of makes it more, you know, brings more humanity uh, to the situations that she's in. You know, she's not just the, the person, you know, that's always screaming. Yeah, yeah, she's doing that. But the way she's reacting to the scenario, the way she, everything, you know, she's confused and she's just she's completely scared. I think, I think that's one of the better parts of the movie for me with Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Under, underrated for sure, huh? Definitely. Def- and, and of course, you know, that really has, I think it does have to do a lot with Jack Nicholson. If you had another performer in there that wasn't as strong, I think she would shine. <laughs> Pun not intended. Oh, I just got no. that. Yeah. I, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean that. One. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Okay. Let's go back and rewind that one. Um, no, but I think she would actually, uh, I, I really do. I, I really think mm-hmm. she would uh, be more remembered for this role if it wasn't for Jack Nicholson just being Jack Nicholson in this movie and knocking it even further out of the ballpark than anybody could have expected. Well, you know, this movie wasn't very well received by critics when it came out. As a matter of fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I think she actually won a uh, a Golden Razzie award for, for Worst Actress or something like that. Did you hear that? See, no, I did not know that. I, I, I don't I don't see that. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, I don't I don't know, man. I um Whew. I, I love the book. I mean, this was actually the first Stephen King book that I ever read, and I, I probably read it uh, about – I must have read it about 78 or 79, so I was you know 10 oh, or wow. 11 years old when I read the book, mm-hmm. and I, lo- I just absolutely loved it. Uh, the book captivated me from the beginning, and when I first saw this uh, – when I first saw the movie, man, I absolutely hated it because – I could see that. Man, it it varied too much from the uh, from the book, you know, and it, I really took umbrage of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it did. And this is a weird movie for me because normally, if it, it's something, but I, and for me, I've seen the movie. I didn't read the book until well into my late teens, maybe early twenties. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, that came much later. So I just had the reference from the movie on that. But sure. you know. For the most part, if I really like a movie, I'm sorry, if I really like a book and then you see the movie adaptation and if it varies extremely to the left of it, I'm not going to like the movie as well. But for this one, it's a weird one for me because I still appreciate the movie for what it is, for the acting in it, mm-hmm. even though it is so far from the movie. I mean, sorry, from the book, and which is one of my favorites. Um, one of the aspects, I think, is Jack Nicholson's character. No, no not the actor, but um, – you know, Jack Torrance in the book, he's actually a pretty happy go lucky kind of guy for the most part. And then he just dives into madness mm-hmm. in here. It, it just for me, it just seems Jack Nicholson is already halfway in of, you know, just he's just an angry cocksucker. He's just, you know, he's just fed up with everything. And this is his you last. Think so? 
I think so. I, I think he kind of right. started off that way, and or he just got into it really quick. So it was. It's a di- definitely a different Jack Torrance from the book than it is in the movie. But I was okay right. with it. I think just because of the strong performance of Jack Nicholson, which probably really helps me like this movie so much. The way like it as much as I do, even though it varies from the book. Right. Well, Brian, what were your what were your overall thoughts, man? Well, I did not read the book, so I'm I'm coming from a whole different perspective. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. This movie, Jack Nicholson shines. He he plays that creepy. He can either play creepy really well or an asshole really well, and you got both in this movie. Yes, you did. And and I I, I kind of agree with you, Jay. How he kind of was an asshole I think before all this mm-hmm. because you have the scene where um, she wants to leave she wants to take uh, Danny to get help and he's worried about losing his job and he mentions all the shitty jobs he's had since teaching right. that he can go back to and he, <laughs> he he's not trying to do that because basically his career will be ruined and um, it, it, yeah, it just it, yeah it seems he has resentment for having the wife and the kid. And that's, what's kind of like holding him back. And it's like, he has to do, he's doing this because he has to, you know, like you yeah. said, he's, he's already an asshole. <sighs> yeah. And um, may I say the three of them together, they're, they're pretty creepy looking themselves. That whole car ride to the hotel and the discussion about cannibalism and, mm-hmm. They just looked odd. (laughs) The three of them just looked odd together. Right, a bit awkward, huh? Yeah. Every every time I watch this, um, I just notice more and more that's just creepy. I do agree that the blood scene, the blood looks horrible, but just the overall shot of the scene and the blood just flowing out of it, it's pretty pretty jarring to me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, uh, go ahead. I was also going to say the music is um, it just, it's it's perfect for this movie. It M- just, music music was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And if you don't and, believe and if you don't believe that, uh, look at the little video that our listener Joe Bale put up. Did you guys check that out? <laughs> Shining done as a family comedy. I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a difference the music makes, huh? That was funny. But um, Didn't mean overall, I thought, oh no, that's cool. Um, overall, I thought everybody was fantastic, and it, and you telling me that Shelley Duvall got a got a Razzie for her performance, it, it she really blows my mind. She, I, I, oh, I looked oh, it up while nominated. you guys were talking. She did not win, fortunately, but she she actually was nominated. That makes no uh, sense. I, yeah, they were way off on that one. Good God, mm-hmm. way off. Well. Let me ask you guys this: Have you guys ever heard of a uh, of a documentary that uh, came out about a, uh, a couple of years ago called Room Two Three Seven? Sure have. Yes. Have you guys you guys checked that one out? Oh yes. Oh, yes. I have so, not. I was going to check it out this week. I I checked. I looked at some theories about this movie online, so I, I might be able right? to follow you guys in a new discussion. All right. Well, I want to. I just want to, especially for our listeners that haven't seen it. It's it's a very interesting documentary. I'm just going to cover a couple of the theories. It's basically there. There's some people that have their own personal theories about what the hidden messages and things like that in the movie really are. Um, 
one one person thinks that the film is really about the genocide of Native Americans because there's so much Indian, um, I guess, imagery throughout it. Um, for for example, for example, there were cans of Calame baking powder noticeable in the background of two important scenes. Yeah, yeah um, but. Everything was in the background of those scenes. You had your Crisco, you had your peas and corn. So, eh. well, hey, let, let me go into the next theory. You had your you had your tang uh, right above the calame on, on the next shelf up was nothing but tang. And another theory is that the uh, is that the whole thing was basically Kubrick admitting that he that he faked the moon landing for NASA. Yeah, and that's feel- why you have uh, Danny wearing the Apollo eleven shirt and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yep. Um, I remember. So those are like two of the crazier ones. There was somebody, I think, that said it had something to do with the Holocaust or Jewish genocide or something like that. I don't know. Anti-Semitic caricatures or something like that. Yeah, I mean, which they kind of – they use the same as the – you know, like the Native American – you know, genocide as well. So they kind of use the sure. same, their point of views of the same things that you're seeing in the movie. So you know, but that's what this really means. No, but this is what that really means. I mean, it's a very interesting documentary to see all these crazy things out there. I mean, there is a lot of things in the movie that, you know, that just kind of don't make sense. You know, the one that really stuck right. with me was when, um, when uh, Jack Torrance is on his second trip or when he when he finally goes to the hotel with his family, I think it was when he went to, with his family and he's mm-hmm. waiting in the lobby and he's reading a magazine. And I believe it was like Playgirl magazine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like he just kind of picked it up and was thumbing through it. Right. But yeah. But, but that's what that's what the idea was. It was just a magazine. What, what the hell is he looking at? A Playgirl, and what's it doing in the lobby of that hotel? That that is that was really odd to me. I don't yeah. know what the significance of that was. If it was an in joke from a prop master, or a joke that Jack Nicholson wanted to do just to see if anybody would, who knows. But it was. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of weird things like that. You're like, huh? Yeah, yeah. That does make sense. Why would it be like that? Some of them can be explained. You know, of certain shots. Hey, you know, it's daylight in this one, and you don't see the daylight in that one. Well, you know, if they're filming all hours, especially if you have Kubrick, who loves retakes and retakes. You know, especially. Do retakes all day, yeah, you're going to get a different lighting in different rooms at certain parts, and he's sure, going to say, sure. you know, I want take number four on this conversation, and I want take number 27 on this part, of the, on this camera view of the conversation. Of course, the lighting is going to be a little off, so you know, you know, as filmmakers, you got to you, you got to accept that and all that. But uh, it's you know, but it is definitely, definitely, Brian. I really strongly suggest you watch that documentary. I think you will get a kick out of it. You probably won't believe everything on there, but it's 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 fun to to see all these things that are there <laughs> being pointed out mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, and I, I just checked real quick for our listeners. The Shining and Room uh, 237, they're both on Netflix. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, cool. Yep. All right. Um, so what do you guys think of the significance? Because I really don't think that Kubrick does anything accidentally, especially if he's taken that many takes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. And I want to get later into a few of the differences between the book and the movie that were yep. pretty obvious. Almost like a middle uh, – some people think it was almost like Kubrick giving King a middle finger. Yeah, changes he made. Yeah, Um, especially I think the big one that's really called out is the is the Volkswagen, right? Yeah, the the color of the actual Volkswagen in the book, (laughs) you actually see it crushed by a truck in one of Scatman's Crothers scenes there toward the end when he shows up in Colorado. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yep, because in the book it's a red one, in the movie it's mm-hmm. a yellow one. But then right. as he's driving up, he he you know he sees this red. Uh, 
think crushed in for why is it? Yeah, I think it's just this big F you to Stephen King because he was he was <laughs> verbal about he was very and normally he he says that he doesn't really care how his movies are made or something like that. I guess it depends on the book, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, he was very verbal about this is terrible. You're you're just taking the story and you're completely throwing it away and making too many dumb changes or whatever. Yeah, he did not like it at all. Well, let me let me ask you this. Why do you guys think uh, that Grady's name changed from Charles Grady being described at the beginning as the guy that went and murdered all of his uh, children in the 70s uh, to, what was it, Delbert Grady or something like that, who was actually uh, like in 1920s clothing? What do you think the what do you guys think the significance of that is? You know what? I don't even remember catching that. Yeah. I'm wondering if Grady even really existed, guys, or if that's just somebody that Nicholson made up as he was going mad. If like, well, no, he was misremembering that there was another caretaker. Because in a way, he had always been the caretaker from the beginning, and that's why you see him in that picture at the end. He was there in mm-hmm. the 20s also. Yeah. But why would the, you know, why would they make that up and why would he change the character's name and the and the time period he was from? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. That kind of gets you thinking a little bit. Like what what's reality and what's what's like false memories that uh, Nicholson is having? Cuz really this whole movie is mostly from his point of view, and I think <laughs> you would have to say that he would be a very um uh, unbelievable, or you know, he's a he's a narrator that I think would be very hard to believe. Everything is exactly as he remembers it happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be. You're saying like the the Delphin Grady, the 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 twenties bartender mm-hmm. for the most part, or or the waiter, right? Sure. Um, but because but the girls were still there, and he never saw the girls. Now Danny yeah, still twins. saw the girls. Danny saw the girls. That's right. Danny That's right. saw the twins, okay. and they and they were Grady's kids. So, uh, in but, the seventies, right? In the seventies, yeah, like it was like nineteen seventy, nineteen seventy one when he happened. But like you're saying, he's like he pulled that name, but didn't he find them in the newspaper as well? Wasn't he like in the in the boiler room and he came across a newspaper that had that information? Brian, is that true? Oh, I think I remember hearing about that. I think so. Yeah, I, I, so. I know it was definitely in the book, and I'm trying to. I think it was in the in the in in the movie as well. All right. But yeah, I, I didn't catch that that his name changed, and if mm-hmm. they brought it up in the documentary, I just don't remember. But they were both Grady's. That's the weird they, part. They, yeah, they were both Grady's. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. That that definitely is interesting. What, and maybe like you said, he's projecting a person that's already done that into. You know his, the the ghost that's influencing him to do it now. To, you know to follow the same path. Mm-hmm. You know maybe it's just like you know it, they're all Agent Smith. You know maybe they're all Grady. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, that's a good theory, man. You got me thinking now. What's what's your theory on all this, Brian? I did not even catch that the names was different. This is um, this is I'm probably going to rewatch this again tonight because. I am going through all these um, theories online, and mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, yeah. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna get back to you guys on that because uh, I did not even catch the name change. Yeah, man, it's just layer upon layer upon layer of what's what's reality and what's fantasy or you know false memory or you know something you made up or. You know, I think I guess a lot of it. I mean, obviously, I think we would all agree that something supernatural is happening there. 
that it's definitely oh, yeah. a haunted hotel, right? Oh, de- definitely. And it's, you know, the ghosts or whoever there, they're definitely heavily influencing Jack. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and it's his take on, you know, what is he seeing? What is, because wasn't something happened in the 40s or is it the lady in room 217? Mm-hmm. Was it 237 or 217? Uh, I think it the book. From the book to the, to the movie, the, the yeah. room number changes. I know that. That's right. It was 217 in the book and 237 right. in there. I think maybe she was the one that killed herself in the 40s. But like you said, the, ah, the that sounds right. That makes sense. The party was in the 20s. OK, um, yeah. with all the and people the, having sex in animal costumes and weird shit yeah. like that going on. Yes, yes. And in the book, I think they were all and then they all, you know, ghouled out and you can see like they're all you remember how when he was kissing on the on, on the naked lady and then and, and when he kind of like snaps out of it, sort of he, she's all gross and, you know, decomposing and all that. And I think sure. in the book, the, the party goers uh, end up like that as well. So that mm-hmm. definitely could have some influence on what he's what his reality of which Grady he's he's talking about. Right. One thing that the book, I think, pushed a lot more than the movie was that um, I think it was quite obvious in the book that the ghosts were not really so much after uh, Jack. They were just basically fucking with him to get to Danny, right? Because they wanted yeah, to yeah. suck his life essence out or because or, he had the shining. So he was more of a delicious treat to them or something. Right. Yes. Yes. Which always got which always I always question that. I mean, well, how come Dick Holleran didn't have. As many issues as Danny was having of his shine. Mm-hmm. Now, his shine wasn't as strong as Danny's, but it was clearly right. there. And if if That's he wasn't question. as strong as Danny, how was he able to hold off, you know, the way he did? Or was he just not there? Or is it just really manifest when the place is empty and you only have a few people to, to mess with or something like that? And that's where the ghosts or the, uh, you know, or the hotel can really focus on folks. And, and, and if he gets out of Dodge when everybody else does, you know, maybe that's his protection. I don't know, but I always wondered that. Yeah. I always wondered why he didn't, why he didn't have the effects, you know, right? because it, his subjection would have been, you know, you know, keep Danny away right away. You know, but he was kind of okay with it. You know, hey, this is gonna be scary and shit's gonna be fucked up. So just stay strong, boy, and you know, mm-hmm. call me when you can. You know, I thought it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, Here, here's a gun. You know, just you know, you tell a little five year old kid, all right, hold this gun, and if something comes, just start shooting. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he was a little bit older and wiser and and more able to protect himself because he'd been through more than Danny, and Danny was a little bit more you know innocent and. Yeah. Not as not as not as equipped to to deal with it. So speaking of uh, Halloran, you know, there's the biggest difference in my opinion between the book oh. and the movie, and that fucking pissed me off, man. That did. I mean, he was basically. I mean, for the most part, he was a useless character in the movie. Yeah, he was there I'm, to get them a vehicle to get out of there. Basically, that's that, it. That's why he showed up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in the book, he does have a little bit more connection to Danny. There's a little bit more, you know, Obi Wan to Luke sort of, you know, relationship. You know, even though it's brief, it's still a little strong. And they actually communicate in the book, I believe, right? It's not just, oh, yeah, not just set uh, you want ice cream fact, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just a feeling he gets. I got to get to Danny's. No, he's talking to him. He's like, mm-hmm. Dick, you need to get over here now. That's I right. Think yeah, that's right. While he's in Florida. And I and Danny's yelling so loud in his head. He's like, "You need to calm down because you're gonna you're gonna kill me. You're too strong, kid." I do Just remember calm, that. Calm down. Yeah. So yeah. there there's there's more explanation on on the Shining in the book. 
as yeah. as far as the actual power? Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's more explanation as to what it is. Um, but. I, I mean, you. I mean, Dick doesn't really know what you get in the movie is pretty much how he explains it in the in the book as well. You know, okay. my grandma had it and I had it, and you know, it's just what it shine. We can talk to each other, but there's just more uh, more um, connecting and more more interaction between Danny and him in the book. There's just more of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it comes across as much as much stronger. What was? Yeah. Um, Hey, I, I would I would put this forward. Jack Nicholson has always, I mean, at least as long as we've known him. Of course, you know, he goes back to, to parts in the 50s and 60s. He used to do a lot of work for Roger Corman in his <laughs> really, really old cheesy uh, horror movies and stuff like that. He was the dentist in the original Black and White Little Shop of Horrors, which was a great role. But he's always been this crazy guy. But my theory on him after watching this movie was that up until this this film... He was just more of like a crazy but basically good, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Like, even in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he was never sinister. He was nuts, but he was never sinister. This movie, I think this movie changed Nicholson's persona for future roles. Because after this one, okay, you get him playing the Joker in Batman. Very sinister Mm. character. You know, yep. you get him. You get him playing basically the devil in the Witches of Eastwick. Which, oh yeah. Um, I, I just think that this role. I think after this role, Nicholson took a much more sinister turn. I mean, even a few. You can look at a few good men the, the same way. You can look at um, the Departed the same way. Yeah, I mean, right. He, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely went down that path. I mean, if it worked for him too, I mean, he probably looked back at the streets like, "Damn, look at I did it! I did it! <laughs> look at what I just made! This is awesome!" You know, sure, and which sure. most people agree. So yeah, you know, stick with what works. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. Uh, one of the main differences, and I'm, and I'm glad that that Kubrick went this way. And Brian, I don't know if you know this, but there is no maze in the book. Yeah, I heard that. It, they're actually they're animal hedges, you know, like they're lions and bears and everything like that. But he couldn't get, if I remember correctly, he couldn't get the special effects to work the way it would to make it look realistic. So he decided mm-hmm. to go with the maze, which I, I think probably maybe that's why he spent so many shots and days on the on the blood was because, you know, I, you know, I, I got to get something right. If I can't get the maze right, I, at least I got to get this right, you know. So I, I, I can appreciate what he did and the decision he made on that. I, although the animals are a lot creepier in the book. But oh, no shit. If, if it's going to look cheesy and if it's going to look terrible, yeah, you know, go mm-hmm. with, definitely go with something else. I'm on board. Yeah. And it worked. It have worked. You, uh, have you guys ever seen the remake of this, the TV miniseries? No. I, I have, and I actually enjoyed it. Really and did. my understanding is it is a lot closer to the book, and they actually do employ the hedge animals. Is that correct? They do employ the hedge animals. Um, another big difference is in in the book and in the miniseries, he doesn't have an axe when he's going after Wendy. He has a croquet mallet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and Brian, with this, with a croquet mallet, well, see, with an axe, if he gets there, it's over, right? Yeah. If, if he gets her with a croquet mallet, he can get her a good, few good times, and she can survive that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty much what you're going to expect. She gets 
she gets banged up pretty well with the croquet mallet. So he's able to get her with that thing. You know, of course, there's no here, Johnny or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I, I sort of like the croquet over the over the axe because. Oh, yeah. You, you do have that. Oh, he's got her. and He's got her again. And then you have that, you know, is she going to survive? Isn't she with the axe? You, you kind of know it's going to be a one and done either. He's going to get her if she doesn't get her. Yeah, right? I mean, look. I mean, look what happened yeah. with Dick Holleran. One shot and he was gone, you know? I mean, if you would have whacked him over the head of the croquet mallet, then, you know, he could have still been all right, which may have what happened in the book if I, re- I don't remember. All right. Well, Brian, any, uh, any, any final things you want to you mention about this movie or things that struck you about it that you want to talk about before we move um, on? I actually found uh, uh, something about the Playgirl magazine. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, there are theories because I guess. Uh, let me see real quick. Um, there is an article in that issue about incest. So the com- most common theory Ooh. is that Kubrick was uh, implying that Danny was has experienced sexual abuse. Oh, I don't and know that. Another th- and another theory is on the cover. Um, it is advertised that there's an interview called "The Selling of Starsky and Hutch's." David Soul. So I guess he said that there's a theory that he was foreshadowing. <laughs> wow, that's a that that's that's a crazy one. Yeah, because yeah, um, the article's basically saying there's there's no reason that a Playgirl magazine should just be sitting there in the lobby. Exactly, and so. that was that was the one thing that really stuck out for me on that documentary. Is like, why is that there? That just I I don't mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Um, wow, that's great. I, I don't know if I agree with the sexual abuse. Um, I mean, you can even in the point of the movie where when Jack is talking to to Lloyd, you know, talking about he would never hurt Danny, and you mm-hmm. can see the sincerity in there. You can see that you know he, he you know, I guess it really bothered bothered him when he you know you know pulled his arm out of his or dislocated his shoulder. So. And definitely, I don't see the mom doing that. You know, there's just nothing there to support that whatsoever. No inclination. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think I agree with that at all. Hmm. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's the, definitely not alluded to in the book at all. I mean, there was the one time. Yeah. And they talked about when he broke the boy's arm. But I think in the book, they actually had a, like, did, didn't they do go into a whole chapter where it happened or something or a flashback? chapter with a lot more detail in the book yeah i believe yeah i believe they did and it, yeah, it was an accident he didn't do it on purpose he just got he lost his temper yeah and yeah, that's it, that was what made him quit drinking remember mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so they definitely went a lot more into the uh the, the alcoholism aspect in the book yeah you know definitely. but what are you going to do in a two and a half hour movie you know i mean you can't <laughs> definitely can't cover as much as you do in a in a 600 page book for sure that's true all right, you guys ready to move on to scores, or is there any, anything else uh, that, that you guys wanted to touch on with this one? I think I think we all I think we all enjoyed it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. All right. Um, for me, I would go, and I'm I'm gonna com- without reading the book. Well, so if I was to see this movie without reading the book, it's definitely like a maybe an eight or nine on ten. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what I know about the book and how much I love the book. Uh, I don't want it to bring it down for me, but I, I'm still going to hold strong at an eight. I think I'll hold strong at an eight on ten for this one. It's still a fantastic movie. I love the acting on Jack Nicholson. I love, especially love the acting on Shelley Duvall. Um, the kid is is creepy as shit as well. Um, you know, 
um, Dick Hall around for what it was, you know, he he did for what it was, and everybody else, you know, just small minor parts. But uh, I mean, it's a creepy ass movie, and it does its job of what it's supposed to, you know, regardless of how close it sticks to the book or not. So it's strong eight on ten. Cool. Uh, well, Philip uh, Philip phoned in or texted in his uh, his score for this, and he gives it a nine. So Philip's Ooh. giving it a nine on ten. Um, for my for my part, Jay, I'm right there with you, man. I'm also I'm also going to give it an eight on ten, and for the same exact reasons. And that would be the fact that uh, I just love the book so much that I just kind of yeah. I couldn't I couldn't go any higher than that. I've I've seen almost every Kubrick film. There, there's not a single one of his that I've seen that I didn't that I didn't like quite a bit, yeah. if not love. But I'm looking at his list here. The ones that I would definitely put above this one. Um, Dr. Strangelove, 2001, mm-hmm. A Space Odyssey, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Clockwork oh, yeah. Orange. Uh, That's a then, given. Yeah, then probably The Shining, and then after that would be maybe like uh, Spartacus, Eyes Wide Shut, Lolita, that group. And then actually Paths of Glory was really good. Have you guys ever seen that one? No, that one and Eyes Wide Shut are the only two mm-hmm. I have yet to see of, of Kubrick's. Yeah, Pat, Paths of Glory is a strong uh, anti-war uh, movie, kind of like yeah. Doctor Strangelove is, and it's, yeah. it's really well done. Kirk Douglas is in it, and it's uh, like a group of soldiers that kind of have to make a hard decision yeah. um, whether to sell somebody out or not. It's a really great movie. Um, but yeah, not not my favorite uh, Kubrick film at all, for sure. But still, uh, an 8 out of 10, in my opinion, is pretty goddamn good. Oh, that's excellent. That is absolutely excellent. Um, I'm going to go eight and a half. This, um, for me, this movie gets better every time I watch it. And whoever, I don't even know the, the Academy's name, but you guys can keep your fucking Razzie nomination because that is (laughs) the most (laughs) outrageous thing I've heard on this show. So, um, I I can go one worse. Uh, I'm looking at the list. Kubrick was actually also nominated for a Razzie that year for Worst Director. Well, <laughs> I don't know who's making these nominations because um, I, I fully enjoy this movie. I recommend it, and this is a iconic role for uh, Jack Nicholson. The only way that that, make, that Razzie makes sense if it was somebody who was strongly devoted to the book. That right. That's right. the only way I can see that. That that make that absolutely makes no sure. sense. Or that person doesn't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to movies. Nope. Must have been a slow year for the Razzies that year. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let without any further ado, the moment we've all been waiting for, and that's our featured attraction this week, which is the brand new uh, the Dark Tower. Hey, uh, Lance, know, uh, Lance, before we get into that, just one quick thing: Did you sure. read the sequel to The Shining? I did. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. How did you Absolutely. like? Absolutely. I, I I really enjoyed it, man. It was uh it was a totally different vibe, but obviously it still had Danny in it, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Dick Dick Halloran was in it at the beginning, right? No, I, uh, I could have sworn he, he was. No, uh, he, he he was. I think he was in spirit form. Ah, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Fair enough. I, That's right. That... He still spoke with him. I, I got to tell you, man, it was one of the worst Stephen King books I've read. It's it's oh, it's wow. it's on the bottom of wow. my list. I was so disappointed because I love The Shining so much. I got. You. I was you... so disappointed with Doctor Sleep. Oh, I understood. Yeah, 
I can see I can see that, but uh, no, I actually I actually enjoyed it. I actually I actually got a kick out of it. I like the the gypsy type people and their and their story and what they did to you know to basically steal souls and stuff like that. I I, I thought it was an entertaining read, man. I had to yeah. kind of keep it separate from The Shining, though, for sure. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. All right, sorry about that. I just had an interlude to throw that no, in there. that's great, dude. We we both read a lot of King, so this may, it makes for a much better show. And speaking of reading a lot of King, Jay, answer me this, this question. Have you read every single uh, book in the Dark Tower saga? I've read each book five times. I've listened to the odd, complete audio of each book twice. So I've done the Dark Tower series a total okay. of, I'm sorry, three times on the book twice on the audio i've done the dark tower five freaking times absolute favorite book series of all time for me this the 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 dark tower did this is this is my shit this is it so i was so you would think the dark tower movie is a big anticipation for me it is but it isn't it's it's a double-edged sword because i to me there is no way it can be put on screen, you know, prior to re- to watching it or anything like that. My conception is there's absolutely no way to put it on screen and do justice. I it's- disagree. I think it can. I think justice <laughs> could be done, but we'll get into that yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do this. Let me knock out the trivia here. Um, yep. And then I think, Brian, would you agree we definitely brought the, the right guest on for this show? Absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to, Jay, I think you're probably going to take up about 80 to 90% of the talk on this one, which is cool. Uh, yeah, um, I may. I've read them all once. Uh, Brian, have you read any of the books? No, I haven't. I, all right. Again, came in this with a different perspective. All right, cool. That's good. That's good. We're going to get a good, well-rounded uh, group then. So... Uh, I'm going to run through this super quick, Jay, and I'm just going to let you uh, bust loose, baby. <laughs> All righty. All right. So director of Nicolas Arcel, also known for A Royal Affair and Island of Lost Souls. Writers, and this is what I always consider it. If you, if you listen to our show before, folks, Lance will consider it the kiss of death when you have more than two writers. <laughs> and uh, so screenwriters, Akiva Goldsmith, Jeff Pinkner, Anders Thomas Jensen, and, of course, Nikolaj himself, Nikolaj Arcel, had to get his two cents worth in. Okay, already looking bad for me. All right, here we go. So, for those of you who don't know, The Dark Tower is a series of eight books which span an entire connected universe which links several other books and stories by Stephen King, uh, including Bag of Bones, The Talisman, Black House, The Stand. Everything's eventual from a Buick 8. And did you notice the Buick toy in the movie? Um, no, I did not. Okay. Uh, Hearts in Atlantis, Insomnia, The Eyes of the Dragon, Salem's Lot, and minor references to It, The Mist, and The Shining. Uh, this is interesting. Daniel Craig, Christian Bale, Viggo Mortensen, and Javier Bardem had, were all considered for the lead role uh, before Idris Elba was cast. And uh, if this movie goes on to have more uh, sequels and stories... <laughs> And that may be a big if, uh, but to me, this sounds like perfect casting, Jay. Aaron Paul has been rumored as a possible Eddie Dean. That's, I I can't think of any other, once I read that, I was like, we're done. That, that's your Eddie <laughs> Dean. I can't think of anybody else more perfect for Eddie Dean than Aaron Paul. Well, what do you, what do you think about this movie, man? 
Whew. Okay. So I'm sitting there watch, watching the previews, and the Sony emblem comes on. And then another, you know how you have the production movies and the distributor, oh, sure. they all have their logos. You see a blue turtle with a rose and it says the Tet Corporation. People who re- read the books Very know neat. what that's going to mean. Yep. Brian, you have no idea what that is. You probably think it's another production movie. So I'm like, this is off to a great start. I'm like, oh, man, they're getting this right. This is it. Debt Tech Corporation. Movie starts off with Jake Chambers, and you get into Jake Chambers' life. Um, goes into Jake. He goes into, you know, he's has and I'm not going to give away too much you know he's seeing visions of the dark tower he's seeing visions of the of the man in black and you know it's kind of driving him a little silly and you know his mother's worried teachers are worried and all that stuff and then uh you start getting into then his story starts taking place he knows he belongs somewhere else he finally sees a a revelation of a gunslinger a man with a gun who he refers to as a gunslinger and he goes and then they go on to their adventures. He eventually meets Roland and they finally go on to, he's got to get into from one world to the next. He does that. And, and, uh, and the adventure just goes on and, and they do their thing. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, oh man let me ask you this i don't really necessarily remember from the books uh-huh. the opening scene with the 1919 yep. and the you know yep. the the building and the kids and all that was that oh, alluded to in the book or was that oh yeah yeah that's in that is in the last book it may be Okay. It may be in book six, but it, there's – I mean there's actually actually seven books for The Dark Tower. The eighth mm-hmm. one came four years – was it four years? You Maybe four – The wind the, the, the keyhole? Yeah. Think of it as a rogue one to Star Wars. Think of sure. it like that. It's it's not part – it's not an actual episode. It's just a side story. So yeah. when you're thinking of The Dark Tower, there's really only seven novels. Now okay. that place is called uh, – El, El, El Segundo, something like that. And yeah, it's mentioned in book six, maybe in book six, but it's it's definitely prominent in book seven. You're okay. right. That was the first scene, not Jake Chambers. So yeah, that's in there. So with this movie, it, it takes bits and pieces from all seven novels mm. and you're like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take that and I'm going to take right. this put it all together here's your dark tower movie this is this is what's happening i honestly do not remember any scene in this movie that is in the actual book the gunslinger mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything in there not, right. not one thing um even the emergence of jake chambers um how he comes into there is actually not in it until book three although jake chambers is in book one so i'm not going to mm-hmm. spoil that go read the book and you'll know what i mean um one thing the the when I watch it, I'm halfway through this movie, I'm watching it. Roland shows up and all this. One thing came to mind when I'm watching this movie, Transformers. What? Now, let me, yeah, let me get into that. Now, when Transformers came out back in the early 2000s, everybody's excited. We're going to have Transformers. We're going to do this, Optimus Prime sure. and all that. The movie was all about the boy, about Sam Witwicky, whatever his name, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, with yeah, the a little Shia. With the, Okay. With the Transformers being basically glorified props. So the oh, movie central. <laughs> that movie was so central to that character, Shia LaBeouf's character, and that's what this movie was. It was so centralized around Jake. Oh, and I yes. thought the boy did 
I think the 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 kid did a fantastic job as Jake. You know, Jake starts off as this sort of you know, sort of weak character, and throughout mm-hmm. the books, he finally he grows into himself and he becomes you know a gunslinger himself. But for this movie, it. It didn't revolve around the Dark Tower for the most part. It didn't revolve right. around Roland. Roland was sort of a, a side carrier, almost a kind of a one-dimensional character. I mean, I love Idris Elba. When I found out he was going to be it, I was like, oh, my God, that is the most perfect. I mean, I wanted Idris Elba for Batman. I wanted Idris Elba for, for James Bond. And when he got this, I was so excited because I think he can do it. But it it, it just – it's not the Roland the, – it's not Roland. He is definitely not Roland in this movie, and it is not a Roland movie. It's not a Dark Tower. It's a Jake Chambers surrounding. They took the whole movie, and they surrounded right. it around him. And that was the problem I had because that's not what the whole Dark Tower series is about. You just – I don't get it. Um, another part of it was the man in black. Now, I, I – and I, the last podcast I was on with you guys – and we're coming full circle. The trailers that we watched was The Dark Tower. And mm-hmm. he, and I had my rumblings about Matthew McConaughey and his character. Okay. And for that point, I wasn't down with it. I was like, I don't like the way he's portraying it. I don't like the man. I don't have nothing against Matthew McConaughey at all. It's just the way they were showing his man in black character. And God damn it, I hate being right because <laughs> – they missed. They, they completely missed it. And I, sure. I, I wonder. I wonder if there's like so many like deleted scenes and reshoots. I heard that there was like six million dollars in reshoots and all that. Oh, wow. Because in one scene, you actually get an idea of who the man in black. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the man in black. You guys all watched The Walking Dead, right? Sure. Yes. Okay. The man in black is basically Negan. That's who he is. He is a yeah. Wearing a wearing a smiley face button and a, and a smiley face jacket. button. He's got a smile. He's always in a cheery mood. He's basically the Joker to the Batman. Batman's the serious guy. Joker's kind of like the goofball. He's a maniac, but he's he's always having a good time. Mm-hmm. That's who the Man in Black is, and that's his counterpart to Roland. Roland is a very serious, and I see you know here we are. He is a one dimensional character mindset, but he's f- completely fleshed out in the books. He has a one track mind. I need to get to the Dark Tower. That's all that matters. Nobody else matters. Nothing else matters. This is my one track mind. Although he is fleshed out as a character in the in the books, here he's not. In here, the Man in Black was just as serious as he was. Now there was a scene, and I'm not going to spoil what the scene is, but when Jake and Roland go back into his house, and there's ashes, and now there's ash on the wall where it, it, he yes, created okay, right. He created a happy a happy face, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And I was here or whatever it was. That's the man in black. That, yes, that one scene. Was, you're right. That caught what it. What was written on the wall Fucking with was not that character, was absolutely not not man in black character. So right. there was a lot of things that I thought they got wrong on this um, just because – and I tried to do what I did with The Shining. I tried to separate the book with a great movie, and unfortunately, guys, I, I just couldn't do it with this. I was, I, right. I'm so connected to the books of The Dark Tower. It's, it's, it's the greatest thing I've ever written. Uh, I've ever uh, read, so it, it, I, I take I hold it too close to heart to have the character of Roland treated the way he was, and the Man in Black kind of treated the way he was in the movie. More more important, Roland. It just he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't mind the Jake aspect of it. I really don't. Um, now, if this was going to be a multi-series movie, yes. you know, movie two or movie three, if it revolves around Jake, I'm okay with that because then you have you have Roland established, you have Jake established, you have the Man in Black established. Once you establish all these people, go ahead and have movie two and have movie three focus on this kid because he is absolutely a key point in the survival of of all of everything that's going on, including the Cotet with you know the group of folks and all that mm-hmm. they just did it way too early it's just like the first sure. movie was about jake it's a good thing it's a very good thing they did not call this movie the dark tower the gunslinger because it definitely wasn't gotcha uh well we'll get back to that and we'll definitely do do some spoilers uh toward the end but uh brian what were your overall thoughts having not read any of the books Okay, um, coming into this movie, um, seeing the trailers, I, I was uh, I was a little hyped on it, and I'm I'm gonna say it's mostly because of Idris Elba and his uh, gunslinger character. After watching this movie, those just those scenes of him actually being the gunslayer are the only things I liked in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I had my doubts on Matthew McConaughey coming into this movie. I did not mm-hmm. understand fully about the character. I just went off of the one scene in the trailer when Jake says he's like the devil. And then uh, Roland says, no, he's worse. Mm-hmm. I don't think he portrayed that in this movie. Yeah. It was a little too like he was trying to be smooth and cool and he just didn't really come off as worse than the devil to me. I mean, there was a couple scenes that I like with him, but overall I, I just, I didn't, I didn't care for his performance. Um, the kid that played Jake, um, he was fine in, throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked him. I, re- I really did. I thought he was a, he was an absolute fantastic Jake. No problems with him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, Going through this movie, I, I know nothing about the books, so I thought there was going to be some sort of explanation about the Dark Tower, the world, and I felt like everything was just rushed through, rushed straight through. to the end. Yeah. It, it's and only an hour and a half, Jeff, too. It wasn't like yeah, a two-and-a-half-hour-long yeah. epic movie, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And other, I was I was lost. I did. That's that's why Jay, I was banking that you were coming on this show because I know you said you had read the books. You're a fan of the books because I I was completely lost in this movie and I wanted to really love this movie just from watching the trailers, just from hearing everybody talk about the books, and I was extremely let down through this movie. I think spotting the Easter eggs in this movie was the only other best thing about this movie to me. So. Uh, and there's a ton of them. Uh, the Shining, the the Overlook was in there. It was yes. on, yeah, yeah. So that um, room, remember, what was it? 217 was in there, was it not? What was uh, it? Where did they show that? Oh, actually, let's see. Was I, the, I can't remember where remember it was. 1919, and then they had another four-digit number to get back to one place when the guy said, yeah. memorize this number. Yeah, actually, uh, I got a list here. What kind of, I don't know, maybe we should wait till spoilers. Because uh, I got a list um, of uh, Easter eggs. Yeah, if they could be kind of spoilery, we should wait. Like if it's yeah, something no. later in the movie, or if it's just yeah, uh, well, some some of them are, some of them aren't. Well, now mm-hmm. one thing, Lance, can we go into what was Roland's? What was his intent? 
He was after the man in black. And I don't think it, we're spoiling. Um, we give the reason why he's after him, or do you want to wait till spoilers for that? Why no, was he really after the man in black? Pretty, that's pretty early on, but I think yeah. they, I don't think they got it quite right. I, I think no. they kind of lost focus on what his mission really was. Yeah, so in the, in the, in the movie, Brian, his clear intent is he wants to get revenge. He wants to kill the man in black. That's all he yeah. wants. In the books... It's the tower. Roland has mm-hmm. to get to – it's always Roland and the Dark Tower. There is nothing in between. I don't care who it is, his friends, his mother, his father, Jake, anybody. Nothing matters except the Dark Tower. Now, in the first book, the Man in Black is the gateway to the Dark Tower. So mm-hmm. that is why he is after the Man in Black. Not for revenge for killing his father or killing his mother, whatever. I was so angry when that came up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want the dark. So you, how can not Roland not want the dark tower? That's like I don't, I don't get it. That's like Batman not wanting justice. He just wants to go beat up people because he wants he likes to punch people. No, he wants fucking justice. <laughs> that's what he wants. Right. That's 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 your main whole goal of Roland is to get to the tower and this they fucking jake had to convince him to go to the dark tower and i even called that out in the previews they kind of even hinted on the previews and and i remember saying that on the last podcast it was like it looks like jake is trying to convince him and sure as shit that, that's what it was and he finally convinces him you know when he's telling oh never mind all right we gotta wait for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in some deep, deep water right now <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you what, I, I likened this movie to uh, what I was kind of afraid it was going to be, especially being rated PG-13, yeah. but oh uh, man, dude, this was just a glorified young adult movie. It, it's almost like they were trying to make it for the same group that likes, you know, the Maze Runner and Hunger Games and all that bullshit. You know, yeah. you've got the little kid who's like kind of the smart one and the leader of everything. And like you say, Roland is just kind of window dressing and he's not even after his true. Uh, it, he's he's not his true nature as he was in the series of the books at all. You said he's like a one dimensional, like a cardboard cutout, man. He, he was. I mean, you actually see a scene and it's a flash. Granted, it's a flashback scene with his father and you see like fear on his face he's actually terrified mm-hmm. you and me you read the book rowan that's not him he's right. not terrified he doesn't care he doesn't care if he's going to get killed he doesn't care if anybody around him gets killed he has a one-track mind and he's going to kill and he's going to get where he's going to go he right. doesn't fear for anything he doesn't explain himself or anything to anybody only when he absolutely has to his character was based on on the um, uh, the man with no name. Now you guys all seen that, and that that's how Clint is. Yeah, you sure. know how he is. Westerns, of course. He doesn't talk. He talks when he absolutely has to. Yep. You know, and it's they got Roland so wrong. So I wrong, honestly, man. so wrong. I I and Brian, you mentioned when he when he was wrong. on when he was still the gunslinger and he was killing. That was. Great. Man, I absolutely yes. loved it. I was like, okay, this is Roland. Mm-hmm. The, Roland shuts his brain off, and he goes into complete instinct killer mode, and boom, 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 right. boom, and he kills. There's a, there's a scene in the book which they kind of – I think they kind of lent this. It's kind of a, a version of what happened in the movie and what happened in the book where he actually kills everybody in a town. 
Sure. And the sure. whole town is on him. The whole town comes after him, and he kills everybody. It's mm-hmm. just how he is. And I, 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 that part they got right. I still don't have a problem with Idris Elba. I don't. I, you just got to tweak his character. You got If you're going to have a sequel, and I'm kind of hoping they do to fix this – and then make part two, make mm. part three, or if they're going to do that HBO Showtime series or whatever. I think that was kind of the goal was movie, series, and bookend it with another movie. Sure. That's the only way to really do this. I don't know if they're going to get the chance after this, man. I, I mean, I, I well, guess we'll I know, I know the weekend numbers, but. Uh, I know the series was confirmed. The series? It was, mm. Yeah, it was okay. supposed, and it's well, supposed to be a, a, a gunslinger origin. See, why do we need a fucking origin? Why don't we just go through the books in, in order? Why just don't, why don't they just make one fucking good movie for each book? Exactly. You know? I mean, look, I mean Harry damn, Potter did it. Go get those folks from Harry Potter. They know what the fuck they're doing. Wow. They took – they absolutely pulled it off. They yeah. pulled – they can – but then again, the difference between – I think the Dark Tower was a little bit more fearful of – of making a movie of the Dark Tower and it being good is there's just so much. There's a, it's connected into so many things and it goes off in so many directions. Uh, uh, each book, each book isn't generally its own standalone story that can connect. You know, like the Harry Potter books, where you can take the first book and make it into a movie and and have sure. your ending where you know, okay, part two's coming, okay, part three's coming. It, it's very hard to do that with movies in the Dark Tower. So when they set a series of a series book in it by movies. Yeah, I'm on board with that. But if you're just going to make a couple of movies, you can't do it. It can't be done and done right. Sure. It's just sure. It, it's not going to work. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say except for spoilers at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah same here. Same here. Brian? No, I'm ready for spoilers. All right, Jay, where do you uh where do you put it, man? You know we you know we go on a 1 through 10 rating here, so yeah. speak from the heart. I, I, Oh, I, I'm going to kill with my heart. That's what I'm going to do, which is one of the lines. <laughs> you want me to do that? I'm going to kill this movie. Um, I, I, I can't give it a four on ten. I just can't right. because I love Jake Chambers. That was the best part of the movie for me. Uh, character-wise, okay, we're talking character-wise. Mm-hmm. They nailed Jake Chambers. He was spot on when Roland was on was in kill mode he was spot on absolute perfection on that i mean those alone and with i think the hope of it continuing and probably fixing the things in there is what's going to allow me to give it a five on on 10 it's just the story was all over the place unless you know the books in and out half the shit that happens sure. in there, you have no idea what's going on the dixie pig you're like what the hell is the yeah, dixie yeah, pig yeah exactly that wasn't the, that wasn't the same uh, role that it had in the book man no it was completely different <laughs> and it was at the tail end it was the very end right. and it, they able to switch from one world to the next way too easy it's like oh sure. yeah that door's over on this let's just walk through that door why isn't yeah. the hell everybody doing this shit <laughs> they, just, they, they, they just went back and forth way too easy they got rolling completely wrong they focused too much on jay they got the man in black completely wrong they were actually attacking the tower and they're not supposed to attack the tower. They're supposed to attack the beams that hold up the tower. Mm-hmm. You know, not the sure. not the yeah, tower break itself. Break away the beams. Sure. Yeah, not the tower itself. And I don't know. You're not even supposed to see the tower until the end. That's the whole point. And you're, and you're not the spoiling whole point. anything because this all happens yeah. in the first two minutes of the movie, literally. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a very it's and that's, actual, and that's a and that's a crime too. <laughs> yeah. 
It is. It, you just jump right to the end of the beginning and just uh, nice. five on Horrible, ten. Horrible, man. First five, okay, five on ten. What about what about you, Brian? Oh, I'm completely disappointed with this movie. I'm gonna give it a three. Um, <laughs> just, I'm really trying to rack my brain. Over. There's so many things I just I don't know what was going on in this movie. Okay, that's good to um, know, right, Jay? Considering yeah, and that. And you know what? And I think that's what helps, like Lance and myself, Brian, is we do have an idea of what's going on. So that allows us to recognize things that are happening. It's allow us to say, okay, I know what that is. I know what that's sure. supposed to be. Yeah, like they're talking about beam quakes and uh, there's two skinned people. I'm like, who are these people? Who's yeah. Jackie, <laughs> Earl ha- uh, Jackie Earl Haley's character? Who is this guy? But. But like Sarah. you said, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. There's pieces missing from this movie because a bean oh, quake. Yeah. Okay, so you know, in the very opening shot, when they get all these kids and they're using their mind powers, and this laser goes right into the tower. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's at, there's these beams. You know, when he draws the circle, he puts the tower in the middle, and he draws like the the spinning wheel. Yeah. Sure. Those are the beams that are actually holding up the tower. Think of it as like the force from Star Wars. It's it's, it's basically like these beams that are made of the force and they're holding. Now okay. these these kids are using that that mind power that you saw to kill the beam and once they kill a beam that's when you get a beam quake mm-hmm. and the earth shakes and all that. So that makes sense. Oh. And the tower starts to fall down, but yeah, they don't. And there's like the beams are, are named after different animals, like the beam of the turtle and the beam of the bear and stuff like that. Yeah, the lion, the fish, the rat, the bat, sure. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so it kind of ties in with, um, uh, I don't know, like Zodiac or something a little bit. Yeah, yeah, know. something we'll like that. We'll go into that more. Um, okay. All right, so uh, Brian, you give it a three, huh? Yes, sir. Pretty brutal. <laughs> Pretty brutal. Well, Philip, Philip phoned in a five point five. Oh, and wow. uh, you know what, Brian? I'm right there with you, man. Three, three is what I'm giving it as well. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's going to be bottom five of the year, but it may be an honorable mention. <laughs> um, so anyway, there you go, folks. Uh, so uh, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> after all this, you may not. But in, in yeah. any case, as always, we're going to go into spoilers. So, all right, Jay, this is where you cut loose, man. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Alrighty, so... Jay, can I ask you a quick question? I I was waiting for spoilers. Um, Where it was... The Gunslinger and the Man in Black friends previously or something? No. Because he kept referring to him as Walter. Well, they knew each other. Um, okay. oh, that, it's a, that's a complicated story. Um, he's a wizard that used to work for his father. Oh, are we in spoilers? Oh, we're yes. totally in spoilers. Now. Okay. Yeah, we're, so we're both in spoilers. He was a wizard that used to work for his father. Okay. And now Roland, like you said, remember he said his magic doesn't work on him because Roland right. always had a sense of this thing. So he never really liked this guy. He, everybody, he had everybody fooled and all that. And he knew him as Walter before he actually he knew him as Martin, Martin Broadcloak. Mm-hmm. And then there was a wizard. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's confusing as shit. <laughs> it turns out Walter. So Randall Flagg from the stand. This is him. It's the same guy. You oh. understand? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, you remember how he was? Remember how he's kind of goofy? He's kind of silly. He had fun. Uh-huh. He's kind of like a Negan character, or yeah. like sure. um, what's his name? Uh, Al Pacino. He was, in- he was more chaotic than anything. Yes, chaotic yes, he was more chaotic. 
so th- that it's the same same exact guy. He just goes from world to world and. And this is what he does. So he knew him from his past. It was actually Walter that forced Roland to become a gunslinger because he he became on way too early at 14. He was screwing his mom and he caught that. So he went to go become a gunslinger so he can kill him. Okay. Yeah. And he found out that it was – so the war that happened, Walter was the – basically he was the mole um, on the gun, gun, gunslinger side and it was – he was the little finger. He's the one that got all this oh, okay. shit. He fucked everything up for everybody. That's who he was. Okay, because they, they had a scene where Matthew McConaughey refers to him as an um, old friend. Yes. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, now what? <laughs> <laughs> but but they weren't friends. It was more of an old friend. I keep referring to Batman and like how the Joker would call the Batman and old friend. Just, okay. they, they've been fighting for so many. These guys are like hundreds and thousands of years old. Okay. If you follow the book that way. And it, time is funny, as it always says. But that's what that is. Um, dang it. I just closed my book and my notes. Okay. So now. Uh, there's rumored that this is a sequel to the to the books, and there was actually one clue in there that would tell you that it is. And Lance, did you notice it? Well, no. I mean, the only thing I remember about the books is that he finally reached his destination. I get like we said, we're spoiling big time here, folks. So if you yep. haven't read all the books, don't listen to this. But at the very very end, he came to find out everything's just an endless circle, and he got to yep. the end of his quest, and he opened the book, and boom. The man in black pursued, or the 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 gunslinger pursued the man in black across the desert. And guess Correct. what? It all starts over again. It all he's done it a hundred times. He's done it a thousand times. He's done the same story. Now, at the end of the book, there was one thing that did change. So when he was a kid, and right. during the war, him and his other two buddies were going were fighting. Well, his friend had the horn of eld what they call the horn of eld with, with him and it was roland didn't pick it up when it fell it was you know it's this treasured emblem it's like um it's like remember all the old the, the romans when they had like their eagle their staff it was just you know the symbol the symbol for them and it was their honored relic whatever well roland didn't pick it up he left it behind and that was something and he always regretted. So at the end of the book, when the Dark Tower ends and you find out it's a circle, you find out in this loop around, this final one, he did pick up the horn with them and take it with him. Mm-hmm. So in this book, you actually see the horn in his backpack. So that kind of – so people who really, who know the, who read the book and all that, that's the hint to them that, yeah, this is probably another turn to go and do the whole cycle thing over again. Which I'm fine with if it would have been, you know, even though it's a little different from the books because this would have been like the sequel. The part that really got me is he still should have been after the tower, not the men in black. That's kind mm-hmm. of still the full yeah. point for big, me. big sticking point. Yeah, that's what it was. So I would I would have been fine with differences because I knew it was a sequel as soon as I saw that horn. Yeah, the biggest problem I had with with this was that my two favorite characters from the books weren't even in this, and that would be Eddie and Susanna. I, exactly, Jake didn't even show up until well. This version of Jake didn't even show up. Yeah. He, he was the last person to join yeah, the group. Yeah, he was the third drawn, right? Uh, yeah, actually, Susanna, he, Susanna came through the Dixie Pig to get to the world, right? No, no, no. That was, that was book six. That's okay. book six. All right. Yeah. No, Susanna was – so the just, drawing of the three – He just her out of uh, uh, 1970s New York or something, right? 60s he's that's right yeah she's from the 60s he's from the 70s and jake's from the 80s got it and when was eddie from yeah modern day or 
Uh, no, Eddie is like uh, mid 80s, 84, 83, okay. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just uh, Brian. Just so you know, he when when he's pulled, he's an incredible junkie. And oh. uh, Susanna is like a split personality who also happens to be a, sh- uh, a compulsive shoplifter that's in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's just basically so, the most fucked up people you could pick. Yeah. So she's a so one. So she's rich, right? But she has no legs. She has nothing from the knees down. So she's in a wheelchair, and one half of her is just kind of a mild mannered, you know, rich. You know, grew up with money because her father made the money. And the other half of her is just kind of a sort of a, like a, a Black Panther uh, civil rights <laughs> <Almost> type. Militant. <laughs> yeah, very militant. Very, very militant like that. And it, so that's – and actually that's the third one I believe because Jake isn't in the drawing of the three. He doesn't show up to the Wastelands. Okay, I don't know why I thought he 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 drew, he drew uh, th- those two and then Jake is the third one. Well, Jake is the third one, but in the in the drawing of the three, right. he he's not brought in. It's right. it's Eddie. It's now you can say Suzanne is the second and third because there was two of her. There was two personalities. Uh, okay, personality, I but gotcha. the, but the third person because Roland doesn't physically go into our world. He actually. There's there's like these these magic doors. Once he goes in, he goes into the body. So his mind goes into the body and takes over the of another person. Mm-hmm. So he took over Eddie. He took over Susanna, and then he took over uh, this guy named Joe Mort. So how how that's right? Um, that's right. Uh, Jake Jake comes into Roland's world by by being killed in in our world in Keystone Earth, mm-hmm. and. Mort, Joe Mort is a guy who pushes um, Jake in front of a car, and Jake gets ran over and dies and ends up in our world. So that's – and then you know, and then he dies in Roland's world, but in the drawing of the three, Roland kills Joe before he can push Jake. So now Jake is alive again, so it creates a, a different timeline. So kind of a paradox. It is. It is. Yeah. And and there's a couple of things in here, hints in the movie that makes me believe there may not be no sequences like Charlie the Choo Choo. Remember when he said there's amusement park? You can see sure. Charlie the Choo Choo was in there um, when he was watching. Roland was watching TV and he saw the talking raccoons. That's mm-hmm. Oi. You know, right. You know, I was yeah, like, okay, <laughs> there's your version of Oi. There's Charlie the Choo Choo. So you're probably not going to get Blaine the mono. You're not going to get sure. Oi. You're Ah, so it's just those. Yeah, those are the and they crossed the world so freaking easy. I mean, they actually struggled to get Jake out of there. I mean, it was a fight. Remember, Susanna had to have sex with a demon Mm -hmm. to keep him occupied just so Jake and Roland can create what they had to to just to pull Jake out. It wasn't like, oh, beep, 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 put in your code and go. It's like, oh, where is it? Okay, it's down this street. Okay, let's go there. And then beep, beep, beep. And they're gone. Right, <laughs> it's not that easy to cross worlds, <laughs> and they just make it way to too easy. A, he did have to contend with like a lumber demon there in the house, there, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's actually in the book. That's straight from the book, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if, again, it's not till book three that when that happens. Um, but yeah, and but he doesn't kill the demon. Remember, they have to fight to get him out, and he just says, "Right, okay, go away," and it goes away. I'm like, well, really? That's all he had to do. Why did he just do that with everybody? Why did he just do that with everybody? Yeah, (laughs) that was dumb. (laughs) Right. I I, I might change my score to a two now (laughs) because everything you're you're saying that Uh, 
is in the book sounds like it would be an amazing movie or amazing oh. series of movies. Yeah, oh, it, it, would be, it would be, especially when they get on to Blaine the Train, right? Oh, Blaine's great. Yeah, Blaine that's was. some of the best parts of the book for me. And then going across the wastelands like they had to. That's they my favorite. A, they did make a reference when he was checked into the hospital that, well, you, you have, you're suffering from hepatitis A, B, and E, and you also have radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, so there it is. So now there's your there's the wastelands, right? You know, so you probably won't see that because that was referenced right there. Yeah. So the, they they, they did reference to cram about, a little bit of everything into it, man. They, they did. They did. So and terrible. That, and you're never going to get it. Yeah. In the sequel or whatever. But um, you know what's it's a good thing? thing? I just I want to I want to bring up. That we picked a Stephen King movie. Initially, everybody was like, "Yeah, The Shining has nothing to do with with The Dark Tower." Well, guess right. what? They, they called it The Shine. <laughs> I was like, "Oh Holy yeah, shit. They, they, they were all about the, the kid." They were like, "Oh, shine. he's got The Shine. He can do this," which is exactly the same thing that Danny and um, yeah, and Dick Holleran had. So, by by, you know, wasn't that <laughs> strange coincidence? That is a strange coincidence. How The Shining got pulled in, and that's basically was the power of Jake was The Shine, right? So we which he does, a, he has in the book. a good movie to go with it after all. Yeah, yeah, perfect. All right. Yeah, the, there there was the two twin girls in the beginning. Uh, did you guys catch them? No, I didn't catch that. No. Yeah, there's uh, two twin girls, and they say, "Come play with us." No. What? What? What part was that? Uh, I think it was early when uh, the group of kids was being gathered in the beginning. Wow. Oh, yeah, which I, that's why I, I wanted to watch that. But I don't. Yeah, I wanted to wait to talk about the Easter eggs because it's kind of fun noticing them on your own. Oh, yeah. Give us all the Easter eggs, man. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, there was a sign in the amusement park that said Pennywise, the dancing clown. Okay, I missed uh, that. Oh, Jay, wow. you mentioned the... I saw, clown, I, I saw a clown statue holding balloons or something, though. Yeah. Um, Jay, you mentioned the picture of the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There was a poster on the door of Rita Hayworth, which was uh, the poster ah. Tim Robbins used in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, mother and son walking to St. Bernard down the street. Oh, Cujo. Cujo. <laughs> um, wow, was, I missed uh, that. There was a toy uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury okay. in Jake's room. Right. And uh, let's see. Um, oh, was that supposed to be Christine then? See, I thought that yeah, was the, from Christine. the Buick 8 car. No, that was Christine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there it was, was a, an older one, I think. Yeah, there was a, a Misery's Child book from Misery in there. Mm-hmm. And the number you guys were thinking of over the portal was uh, 1408. I just remember why you were talking. Yeah, I was going oh. to mention it when you were done. It was 1408 was another book, a, a short story by Stephen King. Yes, yeah. the John Cusack movie. Oh yeah, John Cusack and uh, was it Sam Jackson? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm. You know what? I'm reading a Stephen King book, The um, End of Watch, which oh, is okay. part three, yeah. and, and sure. it's that. That's where and they they and the the main antagonist is kept in room two one seven. That's where I got two one seven. Oh. I got it fixed. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. the last one I found online was uh, the attack dog sign. Uh, attack dog keep out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're saying it's supposed to be a reference to Stand By Me. Really? Okay. Mm, that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those were the ones. I, uh, some of them I've seen, but most of them I, I had to look online because I was, I was real curious. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. 
Oh, man, I don't know. Right. <sighs> Last thoughts, just yeah, they. He was wrong. They 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 completely did Roland wrong. Different character, sure. continuation or not, which I think it's kind of dumb to throw that out there because it really spoils the book for everybody. Right. Um, you know. For the most, I read, do read a lot of Stephen King, and, and for a, a good chunk of them, I really don't like his endings. A lot of them are anticlimactic. Um, Doctor Sleep being one of them, but The Dark Tower is probably one of the best endings of all time. Oh yeah, we already spoiled it any better, man. Where he goes and he and he's like, "You're repeating to do this all the time. You're going to kill yeah. your friends. You're going to kill your family. You're going to make the choices. You're going to do it over and over and over. Oh, and no. that's and that's your hell. And here, there's like, okay, yep. That's what happened, and we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna re- just repeat what we did in the first, and and that means anybody who hasn't read the books is kind of like, eh. And Brian, I'm sorry if we spoiled it for you. I mean, it, it really is definitely a good book to go read, uh, a set of books. It, it, if you really want a good long, you know, convolute, it convoluted in a good way. It's just there's so much. The Dark Tower reaches out to almost every single book that right. Stephen has i mean this would be the cornerstone this is basically the dark tower where they say that's the nexus of everything that's the center that's kind of a a metaphor for the books it is it's the really it's the centerpiece and every book it reaches out and it touches pretty much everything that stephen king's done oh it's it's fine if 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 anything you guys made me want to go read the books now so here's another a, a oh, little spoiler, little spoiler, but I've got to say it because I thought it was so humorous the way they did it. But there's even a, a I think the second to last book they actually go back and meet a young Stephen King. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> he, he's a major character in the books. He is an absolute major character in the books. <laughs> Stephen King himself, and very humorous, very self-deprecating how he portrayed himself. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely watch. Definitely a good read. Cool, cool. All right. So I think the consensus, folks, read the books, don't see the movie. Safe yes, to say? safe to say. Go f- do that. Or, right. if, or if you don't want to, if you want to like this movie, don't read the books. Enjoy the movie for what it is. Stay away from the books and you're going to be all right. Unless you're Brian. And give it Unless you're Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fuck, dude. I think the 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 acid test here is that Philip only gave it a five point five. Mister, I love everything. <laughs> Barely above uh, above the waterline. So Barely. Um, so Jay, you got anything uh, coming up or anything any anything you want to plug that's going on? No, no. You know me. I live I live a simple life. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love listening to your guys' podcast. Um, I love being on. I love talking uh, talking shop with you guys. You guys uh, have turned me on to a lot more horror movies that I'm generally not accustomed to. So that that's good. Um, the only other, if you guys want me to plug other you know podcasts or anything like that, it's always Danny Louis at After Midnight and the Binge Cast, which we all listen to, and that's oh yeah. And then and Lance had turned me on to uh, Mission Log, the Star Trek podcast, which I really really enjoy, and I'm finally caught up on. Um, other than that, that's that's pretty much it. All right, cool, man. Well, we appreciate you being on. It's always fun, and we'll uh, look forward to the next to the next time you you can swing by, man. Yeah, uh, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm glad you allowed me to do the Dark Tower. I, you know, as soon as that movie was coming out, Lance, I was like, I was itching. I was like, oh, I got to talk about this. I got to do this. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, well, folks, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. 
We would love to hear your feedback and ideas. And, of course, you can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Podbean. You know, just do a Google search for The Horror Returns and you will find us. Um, Look for us on iTunes. If you like what you hear, we would just ask that you guys please rate us and review us. Uh, Next week, we're going to continue with horror again. Wow, what a shocker. The horror returns, and we're actually getting into horror movies again. Uh, Two weeks Uh, in a row. Two weeks in a row. We will be doing Annabelle Creation, as well as 1978's Magic, starring Anthony Hopkins. And uh, we should be having a uh, very special guest on, uh, Santos Ellen Jr. from from Horror News Radio. Uh, We're looking forward to having him on, because we know how much he loves dolls. (laughs) (laughs) so until the horror returns again good night